Lucidus Lapidus. We're back. <laughs> My name is Steph. And I'm Lex. And this is Chasing Childhood, a weekly podcast where we revisit our favorite childhood movies and video games to see if they still hold up as adults. I hope everyone enjoyed their week of peace and quiet because we're back to bring the chaos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We really are. It's been a time. Steph's much tamer than me. I hope you guys are ready. <laughs> Lex ate a lot of sugar before we started, and I'm coming down from, like, everything. So. Yeah. Steph's, like, chaos. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm just like, let's go! I'm, like, the zookeeper right now. Like, I am just here to wrangle your chaos. <laughs> she is. Um, how was your week off? Did you do anything fun? Did you miss me? I did miss you. I missed you every single day. You don't have to lie in front of the people. (laughs) I would never lie. I went on a work trip and it was a work trip and I've just kind of been recovering since. What did you do? I did nothing and it was beautiful. Oh, I love that. I love that energy. No, we went to a softball game yesterday that was hosted by the Philadelphia Eagles and it was so much fun, but I got so sunburned. It's not even funny. I literally slathered aloe all over my body like 15 times today. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that's that's rough, buddy. Love that. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm Italian. I'll just get a little red. Then I'll turn tan the next day. Forgot nope. I'm like half Irish. I'll say the half Irish snuck in there. <laughs> Those jeans came in strong. Yeah. Other than that, I think we uh, we had a birthday party yesterday and then today we had some family obligations so it's been it's been quite hectic it's kind of nice to sit down tonight and do a little recording oh she did miss me i did miss you oh my gosh i just love you i love you well guys we've wanted to get to this one for a while we pushed it off for as long no, let's as keep talking could. about how much you love me <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about how much we love or hate this movie because we're excited to talk about it today and a special thanks to kb our boy kyle baker for suggesting that we do this movie because we have wanted an excuse to do it and we're so happy that we had one thank you kyle thanks for suggesting this sorry it took us so long to get to this but we're here we're doing it we're here so lex what movie are we watching we're watching xenon the first one. The Xenon. One. The first one. <laughs> so Xenon Girl of the 21st Century is a 1999 Disney Channel original movie directed by Kenneth Johnson, who also directed D3 The Mighty Ducks and Don't Look Under the Bed. It was written by Stu Krieger, who worked on many DCOMs like Smart House and Gotta Kick It Up. And the film was based on the book Xenon Girl of the 21st Century, written by Marilyn Sadler and Roger Ballin. The film stars Kirsten Storms from Kim Possible, the one and only Raven Simone, who is a staple of our childhood, Icon. Stuart Pankin from Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, Holly Folger, Folger? Folger from the show Anything But Love, Frederick Coffin from Wayne's World, but most importantly, Philip Rees as Protozoa, and he's from The Adventures of Tintin. Absolutely. Philip Reese, thank you for your contribution to this movie and my childhood. Boom, boom, honey. (laughs) 
So Xenon Girl of the 21st Century was actually a failed pilot for a proposed television series, but instead premiered as a DCOM on January 23rd, 1999. The film was the first under the Disney Channel original movie banner to produce a sequel titled Xenon the Sequel. So cute. I love it. A third and final installment was also produced called Xenon Z3. Yeah, I would have watched the crap out of this show. I don't know what they were thinking about that this is a <laughs> failed pilot. I would have yeah. binged this show like every day of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Unreal. I feel like this is very like fill of the future, but more fun. Yeah, literally more fun fill of the future. Like what? Does future stuff only work when there's a boy? Like, I'm sorry. This would have been everything to me. What? I'm sorry, you're a time machine that got stuck in the present? How about a space lady named Xenon comes to Earth and learns valuable life lessons and learns to be a normal kid? Yeah, sorry. I like sci-fi when it's in... Ugh, we'll talk about (laughs) it, but this reminds me of like other shows that actually ended up being really successful and doing super well on other networks, and I feel like Disney dropped the ball with this. That was a very missed opportunity. Yeah. So this film only earned two award nominations, one at the Young Artists Awards for Young Artists Awards for Kirsten Storms and another from the Young Star Awards for Raven Simone. Not a single Grammy insight for Microbe though. Apparently people in 1999 had no taste <laughs> except for us. <laughs> if you guys couldn't tell, this episode is just going to be us fangirling over Microbe and Protozoa. Absolutely. Not a single doubt. Absolutely. So if you haven't seen this film, this iconic masterpiece of cinematic history since the turn of the century, or if you've never seen this out of this world decom major, here's a plot summary written by Alexa on IMDb? Question mark. Alexa? (laughs) AI is upon us, guys. (laughs) It's an attack. When Xenon is forced to leave the space station that is her home, banished to Earth after she gets in trouble with Chief Wyndham, she searches with help from other Earthlings for evidence that Wyndham is corrupt and for a way to return home to expose him. Just the fact that they added Earthlings in the plot summary makes me very concerned for the future of (laughs) of our species, of mankind. It's good. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing, AI Alexa? Yeah, you know what? I don't mind being referred to as an earthling. Like, (laughs) I love alien stuff, so I'm already used to being referred to as that. Like, whatever. (laughs) Steph's like, eh, whatever. Take me away. Abduct me. So let's get into our fun facts. All right. So apparently Xenon is actually set in April of 2049. 2049 is only 26 years away from now. The movie was released in 1999, which was 24 years ago, which means in two years we'll be closer to when Xenon was set than when it was actually released. Yeah, I hate that. And <laughs> Tyler and I were doing this math while watching it because apparently he this is one of the only DCOMs he ever watched as a kid. What? So he watched it with me because he's like, oh, yeah, I remember like this movie was cool. But yeah, he we were doing the math because they also said something like the space station had only existed for like 27 years. We were also trying to like mentally go back and figure out. And it turns out it was built in 2022. So that means it would have had to have been built last year. Wow. Time, man. (laughs) Time is a wild thing, guys. 
So crazy. Time. I don't like hearing that, though. I don't like knowing that mm-hmm. we're almost mm-hmm. closer to the date in this movie than when this movie <laughs> was created. <laughs> it's just one of those things that just, like, ages the crap out of you. I think one of the fun facts that came out a few years ago on Instagram was that Back to the Future was set in 2015 and yeah thanks I hate it past that time now so like thanks for the reminder like thank you I was already feeling it like knowing that I'm turning 30 and now I'm like wow thank (gasps) you so much oh my gosh you're actually gonna be 30 ew yeah I know it hurts so my first fun fact is that Gregory Smith who plays Greg hilarious I love when actors characters are the same name that they have (laughs) he revealed in an interview that a lot of the earth scenes were shot at his actual high school that he was attending at the time and some of his real life friends from the school were cast as extras Aww, that's so crazy that's cute I can't imagine being like a working child actor and they just film at your high school that you now have to walk through and like exist at beyond this movie (laughs) right I also love when people name stuff that, for example, Greg is a name that's such an adult name. Like you can't give someone named Greg a cute kid's nickname. Like it's just Greg. Greg. You can't say like Greggy or something like that as a kid. It's not fun. Yeah. I think of Greg from Succession. They call him Greg the Egg and like that's it. That's all you get. (laughs) And like there's one scene where Xenon first comes into the class on Earth and they're like, this girl is blah, 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 blah. And she's like, actually, it's Xenon. And Margie's in the class and she she's like, that's not much better. And I'm like, your name's Margie. Your name's Margie. Be quiet. Sit down. Excuse me, Margie. Sit down. Anywho, so our next fun fact is that Screen Rant and MTV actually came out with lists of things that Xenon got right about the future. Some examples include FaceTime, computers in the classroom, self-driving cars, password protection, tablets, parental controls, the existence of holograms, and there was actually going to be a concert in space with Lady Gaga at one point. Somehow Lady Gaga being the artist for that makes perfect sense. Like, I can't think of any other artist who doing a space concert makes sense for their brand, but Gaga, yeah, (laughs) absolutely, that tracks. (laughs) You're like, you know what? I was thinking David Bowie, but Gaga absolutely oh yeah no I mean but Bowie's dead so I'm like thinking of artists who are still alive no, I think this was back in 2015 she was supposed to in 2015 oh well then in yeah. that case I'm like Bowie would have been would have been the one absolutely move over Gaga oh, yeah Bowie died in like early 2016 so like yeah we had time you all squandered it <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Missed opportunity. Truly. So my last fun fact is that Kirsten Storms, Raven Simone, and Zach Lipovsky were all cast and crew members from the Kim Possible franchise, and they also starred in this together. So Kirsten Storms, who played Xenon, provided the voice of Bonnie. Raven Simone, who played Nebula, provided the voice of Monique in the Kim Possible series. And then Lipovsky, who played Matt, was one of the directors of the Kim Possible live action movie from 2019. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that they were all in Kim Possible together because I love that show so much. Although I haven't seen the live action movie at all. Me neither. And I don't know that I want to, but I think it's like a really interesting overlap that all of them somehow got involved in the franchise in some way. Yeah, I love that. All right. So let's get into it. Let's do it. 
So right off the bat, the graphics in this are stellar major. <laughs> Honestly. They were something. They were they were certainly something. They were they tried. They they put an effort forth, a solid effort. They did. They got paid to do what they did. And that's all that matters. <laughs> they got compensated. They certainly got a paycheck. <laughs> they certainly did. Um I'm dead. I actually quite enjoyed the graphics of this. I thought they were a lot of fun to poke fun at. And especially the hologram scene where the hologram's teaching the class. And I thought that was really funny. Because that means the professor had to be in a room by themselves with a camera at all angles. Yeah. Filming him just to make a little hologram of himself. I feel like the hologram was actually quite good. It was the stuff where yeah. like Xenon did her spacewalk and the shuttle itself on the outside, like that type of stuff. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. But the I thought the holograms were actually quite good. I just loved the idea of it because it wasn't just the professor's head. Yeah, it was like his whole body, like straight up Star Wars. It was where everything. You're just walking around as a whole person. Yeah. There was no chance of pandemic style anything when everyone will use when everyone used to wear a suit on yes. top and boxer briefs on the bottom. So that was a lot of fun. I don't know how I felt about Xenon as a character. Just straight to the point, I feel like in certain parts, I remember thinking that she was very annoying when I was younger yeah. and not really liking her as much. And I feel like now during the rewatch and everything, I feel like I didn't mind her as much as I did when I was younger. That's interesting because I feel the opposite. Mm. I feel like I liked her a lot as a kid. And then now as an adult, I was like, okay, some of this is, it's a bit much. It's a bit forced. Yeah. I didn't dislike her, but I did find some of her, maybe not dialogue, but like things that they had her do just felt a little bit much you know it was like too much trying to make her seem like the it girl and it just kind of went over the top in some parts but it is a decom so like for this movie and for any decoms I kind of give them a little bit of leeway just because they're Mm -hmm. supposed to be cheesy and kind of silly and stuff so I give them a little bit more grace than I would give like if this was like a you know like a theatrical release so but those those things I was just like okay we get it we get it she's the cool girl we got it (laughs) So how long ago did you watch this? Alex, what is 2004 for 500? (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. I did not know where you were going with that. I thought you were trying to talk to Alexa and be like, subtract 2004 from 2023, please. No. (laughs) I was like, it's Alexa, not Alex. I think I watched it back at the the lead up to uh, Xenon Z3. I think they mm. did, if I remember correctly, they did like a, a showing of the other two movies before that yeah. one dropped. And so I think that's probably the last time that I watched this. You know, I actually remember seeing the second one. I don't remember anything about it. No, I don't remember anything about either of those two. But I've never seen Z3 before, and I know that for a fact. I definitely watched Z3, but I can't tell you that I like watched it intently, is the yeah. thing. I loved the original Xenon so much and I don't remember anything about the sequel or Z3 mm. like nothing nothing comes to yeah, mind yeah nothing at all they weren't like Halloween Town you know like Halloween Town I remembered like one two and parts of three yeah these I I couldn't tell you I agree I feel like the first one was definitely the best one and I probably have not seen it since I was maybe 
15 years old like it's been okay it's been quite a while since i've seen any of the xenon movies and i feel like that's just because of an access thing as well like obviously disney plus just came out a few years ago so right we didn't really have access to the dcoms as often as we would want to until recently yeah you had to catch them if they were maybe on Disney Channel, but like... And that never happens. Yeah, and when you're a teenager in early 20s, like, are you really watching Disney Channel anymore? Like, probably not, so... But even then, like, they were playing Teen Beach Movie and Zombies and stuff like that on Disney Channel now. Yeah, that's wild. Descendants and all that fun stuff. Right. It definitely was interesting to rewatch this. I actually... I feel like, as an adult, I can kind of appreciate how... They did a good job at giving the typical teen angst during this movie, but also kind of being more original and giving the kids their own lingo, especially like the ones from space. Like it was a lot. They had a lot of space jokes throughout the entire movie. I have never felt so old as I felt watching this (laughs) and hearing the kids do their little lingo and being like, what in the hell are you talking about? Like what? Like I feel like I'm starting to feel like that a little bit. Like... (laughs) What in the black hole are you talking about? Yeah, I'm just like... Zetas Lapidus. Because I, I, I already start to feel that a little bit, like even now, where I feel like kids' lingo and phrases have already started to like permeate where I'm like, oh, I no. know some of them, but other ones I'm like, can what does that mean? Like, can you just like describe for me? <laughs> so I, I don't think I'm at that level quite yet where I'm like, Steph, I have no. no idea what the children are saying because I'm on TikTok. So like I, I mostly know, but I'm like, I can feel it oh just even gosh. just watching this where I'm like, what does that why? Why is everything, oh my God, major? And like... <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I was like, I bring me back to L7 weenie. Like, this is too much. <laughs> She's like, what happened to loser, loser, double loser, as if whatever, whatever get, get the, the picture, picture done. Yeah, like, <laughs> please, please. I'm so small and so tired Ugh. and so old. <laughs> whatever happened to don't make me snap my fingers in the Z formation. Like easy Ugh. things like these were simple times. <laughs> Talk to the hand. Yes. What happened? Oh, my gosh. Anyways. So I did like that they tried to be a little bit more original. They were like, okay, let's give her some angst. Let's go there. Let's give her all the space jokes possible. Let's have her talk about nebulas and exploding stars every time something bad happens. She's like, is it Monday or is it a black hole? Um, Very dramatic. Oh, yeah. That was very creative. Very, very creative how they came up with things. Because I was like, surely they will run out of space jokes and space phrases. And they never did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they did not. (laughs) They did not. They did not. I feel like the start of this movie was kind of slow in a way. Like, I feel like they tried to start it off with you kind of connecting more to Xenon mm-hmm. and building her up more as a character. Like her parents never really believe her because she's always getting into trouble and everything. But there was a lot in the beginning where I was like, she's in the wrong yeah. and we're supposed to be rooting for her. <laughs> when she snuck and she got into the astronaut outfit to go see the supernova or the to go see the burst from the sun. Yeah. And she was like, I don't know why you guys are so mad at me to her parents. She was like, it was really cool. Wasn't it so cool? And her parents are like, what if a meteor shower came? And she was like, I can handle myself. I'm 13. 
And I'm like, you can handle yourself against a meteor shower, against rocks. It's giving the Little Mermaid when she's like, I'm not a kid anymore, Daddy. I'm 16. And I'm like, go to your room. Enough. (laughs) (laughs) Ma'am. Yeah. I was just like, I girly, girly, no. And it was also wild because she literally just had a very serious conversation with her parents yeah. where she was like, I don't want to leave the space station. I don't want us all to get sent back to Earth. Like, I'm totally am down to just like be on my best behavior. And yeah, five seconds later, she's getting into a spacesuit. And I was like, you just said that you didn't want to misbehave and end up ruining everything and yet <laughs> and like, this yet. girl makes me want to have a stress helmet honestly yeah truly I also remember thinking that the outfits were amazing when I was a kid I remember thinking that they were so futuristic and I needed them especially Nebula's outfits I loved her hair yeah I was obsessed with Nebula I felt like every single look she had just served like for no reason yes. she just was serving the entire movie she created the one earring trend. She was mm-hmm. amazing. She was great. I really actually loved her character as well. I thought that yeah. she was such an endearing character to me and she was such a ride or die. And I was just like. She really was. And I was like, this is the one. This is the one. This is the one that you're riding or dying for. Yeah. I was like, you might actually die. <laughs> Like Nebula girl, you could be the star of your own TV show. And you did become that. Hello, that's a Raven. But like, she just has so much charisma. Yeah, she does. Raven Simone is genuinely a good actress and she's very good at comedic timing and everything. And I was just much more enthralled. I felt like with her character than I was with Xenon. Definitely. And I was telling Jackie at one point too, you guys might know her as Jay Quellen, but I was saying- <laughs> The artist formerly known. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Jay Quellen. Um, I was saying that I feel like this movie probably would have hit harder for me if Raven was the main character. I completely if agree. If Raven was Xenon. Completely agree. 100%. But that's not really saying that Kirsten Storms did a bad job with what she was given. It was just Raven was everything. Raven was she that really girl. Was. She was everything to me. Yeah. I yeah, I agree. I don't think Kirsten Storms did a bad job at all. I thought that she was yeah. fine. I just Raven has like some type of star quality about yeah. her that it's really, really hard to ignore. And I feel like that yeah. I, I feel that way in almost every movie that she's in where she is not the star of the movie it becomes Mm -hmm. very difficult to overlook her or to look at her compared to the other person like there's just something about her that you knew she was going to be disney's it girl and she ended up she did she was right you just could tell from like a young age and she has such great comedic timing and one thing that i thought was missing from this movie was more comedy and i know that's me being selfish and wanting it to be funnier (laughs) Because, I mean, it's supposed to be a kid's movie. It's supposed to be silly. They really went there. They made so many space jokes and so much dialogue and so space-themed everything. Yeah. I was like, where is the comedy? This could have easily been so much funnier. But I feel like they almost leaned in too hard to the drama. Right. Because there was a lot about the bad guy wanting to basically kill all these people on board this spaceship that he bought and that he takes care of and he renovates. I was like, okay, 
my main issue with him was the fact that he was like, I'm pledging $500 million to renovations and everything that the spaceship needs, right? Right. But then they're like, he's going to crash it to collect the insurance money. And I'm like, how much insurance money is invested in this thing? Like, it has to... It has to have so much in order to turn a profit and make a decent amount of money for it because he's already pledged $500 million. Well, that's also what confused me. It's like, so he's saying he's pledging this money. Yeah. But then they reveal he doesn't have any money or he's like lost a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. That's why he needs the insurance payout. And so I'm like... I don't feel that the end of this was really resolved, right? Yeah. Like, okay, she keeps the space station, you know, running and she fixes the she virus. Saves they everyone, don't, yeah. They don't plunge to their deaths. But then who's ponying up the five hundred million that they need for their repairs? Right. Because if he doesn't have the money, then this hasn't really been solved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're probably gonna have to land the spaceship anyways. Right. Or like the government. Uh, honestly, again, I don't remember the sequel, so maybe that's what happens. But like, does the governments of the world, do they have to give the money? Like it it doesn't make right. a lot of sense at the end because it's still like, OK, well, we're just back to where we started, which is we need the money and there's no money. So. Yeah. And also the other thing was like they're supposed to be doing a bunch of scientific research up there. But mm-hmm. what is the research? Like, we never really saw anything that they were actually working on and studying. Yeah, the parents said something about bone density. Yeah. And then they were talking about the anti-gravitational uh, little tube that they had whatever animal in. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> but what is it? <laughs> Show us the tube. <laughs> I love the parents, how they were like, we need more space, Xenon, after she's been acting up and after she's been getting into trouble. They're like, we need more space. She's like, I backed up two spaces. It's good. And they're like, a little bit more. <laughs> actually, the amount of space that we need is for you to go back home to Earth. <laughs> yeah. We actually need like several million miles of space, please. I love that. I thought that was funny. And then when, when Xenon finally arrives on Earth and she like... The walk just got me when she got off the off the uh, plane and she's like, thanks, gravity, after she falls. <laughs> um, I love how the bad guy went up to her and she's like, no, thanks, villain. Get away from me. Me. Um, <laughs> Mood. <laughs> leave me alone, villain. Um, I thought that was really funny. Her walk made me laugh really hard. Um, <laughs> her little trudge um, with her two suitcases I also thought it was funny that the evil dude was dressed like a literal banana for most of this movie yeah why why was he dressed that way <laughs> it's so stupid so before she gets banished to earth basically like if you guys haven't seen this in a while like the last straw is she thinks that Mr. Wyndham who funds the whole thing um, is trying to mess with the ship. And she's right, obviously, because otherwise this movie would be named someone else's name. But she's right. And she catches his little minion basically stealing information from the main ship. And this guy uses a disc in the computer. And I guess he puts the virus in. Um, like he puts a virus into the computer and everything starts crashing very slowly. But he is wearing the same outfit in every scene that he's in. And he's dressed like a giant banana. And it really bothers me. And then after he puts the virus in, he like goes through all the trouble of stealing all the information, 
but doesn't stop for an extra second to make sure he puts the disc in his pocket. Right. What? (laughs) What? Like, he just went through all this trouble to break in, steal the passwords, do everything, plant this virus in the system, and doesn't put the disc in his pocket. It's giving bumbling villains. (laughs) It was so annoying. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, there couldn't have been some other creative way of them getting the disc. Because then Nebula finds it. And she's like, oh, this is pretty. She makes it into an earring for Xenon. Right. And so, like, I thought that part was cute because Xenon had to actually figure out, like, hey, this earring isn't just an earring. Like, it's going to save everybody. Right. Um, So she actually had to, like, figure that out herself. But... I was like, really? This this is what we're doing? <laughs> it's giving plot hole the size of Mars. <laughs> yeah. Um, but would you live in space if you were given the chance to? No. Because I don't think that space one space is terrifying. Yeah. Anybody who knows anything about space, it's horrific. I think what is it, William Shatner, even at like ninety one, he went into space recently. And he came back and he was like, space is black and cold and empty and terrifying. And it makes you appreciate Earth so much more when you get back to Earth. And I'm like, yeah, that's about it. And I said I was going to talk about it later, so I'll talk about it now. But Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen the CW show. It doesn't air anymore, but it was called The Hundred. And I saw the first episode. Yeah. And so, you know, that show, for those who don't know, it's basically about the space station, which is a kind of a similar situation to Xenon where. Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. They're like failing. They're like losing oxygen. They don't have they're basically like their population has grown to over capacity and they don't mm-hmm. have enough resources or oxygen or anything on the ship to maintain their current population. Yeah. And they can't go back to Earth because Earth was destroyed in a big like nuclear war. Yeah, nuclear yeah. war like 100 years ago. And so they don't know if the Earth is livable because they've never sent anybody down. So they decide mm-hmm. to take all of their juvenile offenders, like serious offenders, who are all going to be, I guess, executed by 18 anyway. They basically send all of these children down to Earth to die basically. Yeah. And they send them all down to Earth because they're like, you know what? If it's inhabitable, great. You guys can repopulate the Earth, find out, you know, if it, if it works. If it's mm-hmm. not, you guys were all going to die at 18 anyway. So yeah. it kind of reminds me of that. And I feel like that's more of an accurate depiction of how living on a space station would be like super cutthroat Mm -hmm. super like you do anything wrong and you're put in prison until you're 18 or if you're over 18 you just get executed and I'm like I feel like that's what space is like I don't think it's as fun as the xenon world (laughs) (laughs) yeah when she got to earth and she was like nothing's dirt grown we don't have any preservatives in our food I was like y'all ain't got onion rings I'm out (laughs) <laughs> I gotta go. I can't do it. You know what? I'll I'll take my chances here on Earth, okay? You guys don't got Outback? I'm sorry. I gotta I gotta stay on Earth. <laughs> I only want my onions bloomed. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm just gonna outright say it. Aunt Judy was the best character in this whole movie. She was so funny. She was also a ride or die. She was like, you know what? We're in this, sis. We're in this together. <laughs> She was like, let me know if you need a shoulder to cry on. But otherwise, like, I'm not an adult either. (laughs) Yeah, really, though. She was like, you know what? 
neither one of us wants to be in this position. Neither one of us is adult <laughs> enough to make these decisions. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, it just is how it is. <laughs> She's like, do I have a house? Yes. Can I feed myself? Yes. But do I have my ish together? Absolutely not. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> it really made me feel like she was probably in her like mid to late 20s. Like that was yeah. the vibe she was supposed to have because I was like, that rings so true for your 20s. Is like, Yes, technically on the outside, I am an adult, but do I know anything? (laughs) No. (laughs) Although the hair had to go. The hair was giving, what is it called? The Fembots from Austin Powers. It was giving Jane Jetson. It was giving... I did not not like it. The hair definitely aged her. The hair was Um, not it. The hair was the only thing that made me think she was not in her 20s. Right, right. That's why I was like, (laughs) she's written like someone in her 20s, but she does not look that way. Yeah. And I love, I think my favorite line from her is when she was like, you've been here three days and you've already had better luck with men than I have. (laughs) (laughs) She was just keeping it real. She was too funny. And just like. Going off of that, how did you feel about the awkward middle school slash, I don't even know if they were in middle school or high school, the little romance that they had? I was like, this dude is staring so hard at her the first time he sees her. He did not break eye contact whatsoever. Like, I thought they were fine, but I wasn't sad that she left him on Earth and went back to space. Yeah. And what really killed me was that he was like everywhere that she was. Yeah. I was like, okay, is he stalking her? Yeah, no, it was giving big time stalker vibes. And yeah, I just, I wasn't sad that she left him and went back to space. I just was not heartbroken about it. And then his sad little face when she dedicates the song to him and he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm still <laughs> on a tablet. I was like, you know what? Stay in space, sis. Move on. Live your life. <laughs> and then every time she picks the tablet up, he's just like looking lovingly at her. I thought that was hilarious because like he's been in her pocket for five minutes. So he's just been staring. <laughs> I love that you thought he was looking lovingly because I very much thought that he was looking like annoyed and bored. And he was like, OK, like this is nice. <laughs> but like I'm literally on Earth and never going to see you again. <laughs> OK, listen, when you have protozoa in front of you and... Nothing else matters. You're on FaceTime with the girl that you like. Like, I'm sorry. He doesn't hold a candle to Protozoa. Let's sorry. Protozoa Uh, was everything. I had a crush on Protozoa. Yes, I'm so happy we're going to talk about him. Forever. Like, this song, I sing this song. Like, the Zoom, 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 Boom, Boom song. Like, I sing it once a week to myself. Just like, out of nowhere, it just appears in my brain like the earworm that it has been <laughs> since 1999. Yeah. It's just always in my thoughts. It is the virus in Stephanie's computer brain. It really is. Protozoa was the prototype, you know? Yeah. He was such a vibe with the frosted tips and everything. Everything. He was an angel in leather pants. I'm sorry. He is... A beautiful porcupine. I didn't remember a porcupine. <laughs> I didn't remember that he had an accent until I watched the movie. Girl. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Steph was like, cool. Clutches pearls. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. I mean, it makes Where's sense. Like, make Mama's him, getting hot. Make him British. It only tracks. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I would so be a microbe fan. I would buy every single album. Yeah. I want his snakeskin outfit, to be honest. I think I'm. 
more jealous of his outfit than anything. Yeah. Oh, all of his every single fit that he was rocking. I was like, dang, how do I get my hands on that? (laughs) Like, I need to own that and I need to wear it. (laughs) Yes. Um, And then I was thinking, I was like, honestly, I've watched High School Musical recently. I've watched... um, camp rock recently none of those songs got me as hyped as when supernova girl came on yeah no there's nothing that compares to it and nothing that compares to being you know a young kid when you first heard it because it sticks with you you and your friends will sing it at recess or in school (laughs) together like the cultural grip that song had on young girls I can't even describe to you like you tell any girl like oh you remember protozoa from xenon and like the zoom 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 song and everyone knows it and everyone can sing it yeah yeah (laughs) like we all stood in a circle yeah singing the song hand in hand (laughs) trying to summon protozoa (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh my gosh literally he was behind aunt judy like as a character he was my favorite um yeah I thought she was amazing I loved his music obviously like that's top tier icon but his his scene where he was like do you want to do you want to work under this under this guy forever do you want to be a rock and roller I was like oh my gosh I love him so much oh I also love the scene when they're going up to the space station and Xenon is like, yeah, I just got to like fix something real quick. Like the shuttle, like the whole thing like might blow up. So like, I just got to fix it real quick. And she's like, but yes. don't worry about it. Like, I'll just fix it super quick. We'll do your concert and I'll be good. And he, the yeah. face that he makes after she says that, <laughs> he just has like a thousand yard stare. And she's just like, okay, want to play cards again? And he's just like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I think my favorite scene so of his is when he's walking up into the ship and he just yes, shimmies and he's doing the dance, the dance. <laughs> in his tight pants i love he's him so, so much um so good oh he was fantastic could you imagine if this whole movie like mr windham was just crashing the ship to get rid of rock and roll like he just wants to like he hates rock and roll because he's trash and he just wants to like get rid of microbe Rock and roll never dies, baby. Never dies, baby. You can kill one band. It's still going to be there, honey. <laughs> you cannot kill Protozoa. Yeah, you really can't. As long as he's recorded somewhere, we can just keep playing him. Hey, <laughs> y'all got holograms. Gone. Exactly. We've seen Tupac the hologram. <laughs> We've seen Tupac. Um, but yeah, I I loved him. I honestly forgot that he was part of a band. <laughs> Same. Like I completely this. forgot. When they were like, oh, his band, I was like, oh, he, there's Is other members because I thought he was a solo act. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I thought that he was kind of like, um, who's the guy from a goofy movie? I thought that it was kind of like How that. How dare situation. you forget Powerline's name? Like, I'm so tired. How Powerline. dare you? And to think Kyle recommended this movie the least you could do just remembering Powerline's name I know I'm so tired uh yeah Powerline I thought that he was kind of like Powerline where he was like a one-man act and he wasn't he had a whole band and I was like that's interesting I wasn't <laughs> expecting that <laughs> yeah the other thing 
that I guess I should say the other major problem that I have with this movie, the other problem major I have with this movie is that apparently all of Xenon's friends are just insane computer hackers. What? Yeah. I don't know 13 year olds who can like bypass highly classified government systems. Literally. And she knows apparently 15. Every single one. Like every single child prodigy. Even Greg. Even Greg. Greg the egg. <laughs> Greg was like, oh yeah, I just bypassed this and got your password. Like what? Like sir? Like excuse me? Please. First of all, stop screaming. Second of all, <laughs> like um, just imagine. So just put yourself in this scenario, okay? You have a space station to save. Everyone that you love is on it, okay? And it's asking for your Gmail password. Is everyone dead? Or are you guys safe? Because <laughs> everyone would be dead if it was me. <laughs> everyone would be dead. Goodbye. Sorry. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Do you know how many passwords I have? Just the fact that she, like, ugh, at the end when she had to type in the password, she got it wrong like 15 times. I was like, that's so relatable. Honestly, I have the same password for almost everything, but there's very specific. Ooh, what is it? I'm not telling you. There's very specific <laughs> accounts where I use the Google suggest password. Oh. And so I'm like, yeah, if I had to guess for certain accounts, I would not be able to because it's just a random assortment of yeah. digits. And I have no idea what these characters are at this yeah. point. Like they're just saved in my Google and God bless if I ever lose my laptop. <laughs> Girl, if I was Greg, I would hack you right now. Yeah, you probably would be successful. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. The other issue that I have with this movie is how Xenon FaceTimes her parents, right? So she's on Earth. She's like trying to learn how to be an Earth kid, whatever. Like everything happens. She's like trying to save her parents from the spaceship basically crashing because it just slowly, slowly like systems keep failing and failing and failing. So what I thought was ridiculous was that she's on FaceTime with her parents and she's like, the systems are going to crash if you guys don't listen to me and like help me get back up there and da 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 like I know how to fix it. Mm -hmm. Her parents are like, oh no, honey, you gotta go, whatever. They hang up with her and then two seconds later they're like, oh, now this system's crashing. Now this system's crashing. I'm so like, she just told she you that. She just told you. <laughs> it was so annoying. It was, yeah, it, it was like, so you don't believe her, but she's telling you yeah. the systems are crashing and you guys are like, how did she know the systems are crashing? Yeah. And it's you're like, like, oh, gotta guys, go. The system's crashing. <laughs> maybe you should believe her. Yeah. It just, it was ridiculous. And then it just, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I would have really liked more scenes of Xenon trying to learn to be an Earth kid. Like, I feel like we probably get that in the second movie. But at the same time, I feel like that was part of what was missing. They like kind of leaned too hard into her and Greg and their little love story or whatever. Right. I would have liked to have seen her like learn how to shop for the first time or like learn how to, I don't know, like play mini golf or like just go to the mall with friends or something for the first time. Yeah, I think if there was one thing I had to change about this movie, it's that I wish they would have full circle momented it. Momented it. Mm -hmm. Like I wish that she had learned more earth stuff mm. and then used that 
in the final minutes when she's in space. Like this, whatever skill that she had learned on Earth and then took it to space. And that's what saved her in space is like whatever benign skill that she had learned while there that didn't seem like important at the time. And maybe it took her a while to master and then she uses it in space and it works. And like that would have been, I mean, it's a cheesy trope, but like it is a good full circle moment and like really shows that she actually learned something by being on earth yeah, and wasn't just like, I don't know, like wasn't just her way. Like you said, yeah, like wasn't getting her way. Wasn't just like doing her little Greg romance. Like she learned something about herself and her abilities. Like that would have been really cool. And I wish that they had done something like that. Because that was another thing that kept bothering me about this movie was that she just kept getting everything that she wanted. I was like, she's not really learning a lesson. Like, yeah, she got sent to Earth, but she didn't really learn anything because she, like, met people there. Like, she got a new love interest. Like, her aunt bought her clothes and everything. Like, it wasn't really that, I guess, high stakes for her when she was on Earth. Um, Like, it didn't really feel much like a punishment at all. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's, I think, why I just didn't like parts of it because, yeah, or just didn't like things about her in this because mm-hmm. it very much seemed like, again, she's the it girl. So nothing yeah. bad ever happens. Nothing ever goes wrong. Like, she wins the contest and everything just always goes her way. Yeah, she wins the contest. She's always the one cheering. She's always the one people are excited for. Yeah. Even on Earth, everything goes her way. She's the one with the snappy comeback, mm-hmm. you know when margie is insulting her it's like okay it just i think tried too hard to push her as this cool girl and it backfired for me and we always love an underdog yeah totally or like at least teach her a lesson because i feel like this whole movie was just like her saving everyone but she didn't really learn a lesson or anything exactly exactly she didn't learn anything on earth and i wish that she had yeah i honestly don't have any other notes about this movie. I really liked that Aunt Judy and the commander got together in the end. Um, yeah. Although I didn't think it was funny that they met while everything was crashing. I was like, this is not the time for canoodling. <laughs> um, They're like romance. <laughs> yes. He's like giving her the eyes and everything when they first met. And I'm like, everything is on fire. Move. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. It was very funny. But I did think that this movie was cute and we even watched it with Maya um, and she really liked it. She's five. So it was it was like, I guess, interesting and entertaining enough for her to be able to watch it and be involved because she (laughs) she was getting very involved. Like during the part where they broke into Aunt Judy's house to look for the disc Maya goes who was it who did it we need to know she's like grabbing (laughs) Jackie by the shirt like we need to know shaking her (laughs) she's very passionate about solving it (laughs) this is very cute she might be into like mysteries when she gets older who knows oh god I hope she is I hope she becomes like a little detective (gasps) stop it she would be so cute with a little trench coat and a microscope I'm obsessed what is it called Magnifying glass. Magnifying yeah, yeah, yeah. glass. You were close. One. I was gonna let you go with it. I was gonna let you pass with it, but you had it back up. <laughs> and a top hat like Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I love it. Inspector Cousseau. She'd be so good. We could get her one of those little pipes, but instead of it blowing smoke, it blows bubbles. <laughs> Stop it right now. I so know cute. what my next purchase on Amazon is. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into our critic ratings. All right, 
So Xenon Girl of the 21st Century received a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Since it's a TV movie, there is no critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but there is a 62% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and it got 3 out of 5 stars on Common Sense Media. We can rate Xenon on a scale from A plus to F minus. A plus meaning this film is out of this world. It's so much fun to watch, and this is one of the best decoms. F minus meaning this film's horrible. It's definitely dated, and I would rather have a computer virus take down the space station I live on than watch this again. Based on this rating scale, how would you rate Xenon, girl of the 21st century? Okay, so if you had asked me when I was like, whatever, 9, 10, 11, Mm -hmm. I probably would have given this like an A+. But now does it make your heart go boom boom? Now as an adult, I'm going to give this probably a B-. I think that this movie is super cute. I think it's fun. I had a good time. But like like I said, there's just things when you like set up a character, like they're completely infallible and they always do the right thing and know exactly what to say. It just makes them kind of one dimensional. And we kind of mentioned it earlier, but I would have been more into this movie if Nebula, Raven Simone's character, had been the main character. So... This movie didn't hit for me as much as I thought it was going to, and I'm a little sad Mm -hmm. about that. But yeah, I mean, it was a cute movie. I don't regret watching it. I thought it was fun. And if I came over and Maya wanted to watch it, I'd be like, yeah, we're going to watch it. But (laughs) She'd be like, hold on, let me get my protozoa stuffed animal. Hold on. (laughs) Yeah. Xenon herself did not hit for me. Protozoa, though, is still as beautiful as ever. So what about you? Listen... If it was a rating scale just based on protozoa, it would be an A++. A++++. A++++. Um, Out of this world. I would probably give Xenon a B. Um, I thought it was really... I thought it was a lot of fun to rewatch, mostly just to make fun of, um, because a lot of it is kind of ridiculous now that we're older. Yeah. I did enjoy it. I thought that the romance part was kind of forced, um, yep. I liked the premise of it a lot and I did like how, um, she basically had to figure it out herself, but I, I just, like you said, it, she was very one dimensional. Um, I would have loved if Nebula was the main focus, if it had a little bit more comedy, but I will say it did make me want to watch the second one, um, which is saying a lot. I thought that it was good enough to make me want to keep watching the character. I love that for you. Yeah. Cool. If you guys don't already, make sure to give us a follow on social media. We can be found on Instagram and TikTok at Chasing Childhood Podcast and on Facebook at Just Chasing Childhood. Go give us a rating on whatever listening platform you're using to tune in. Do it. Please. Right now. Just do it. <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom over to whatever listening platform you're tuning in to and just like give us a rating. Give us a million stars. Please. For this out of this world <laughs> review. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.